beer has always been a big, big part of everything. You know, it's, just, it's where all the great ideas come from, right? Um, and that's how we ended up with the Keg Tracker product. You know, just service your tap room really well with really good product, um, and people people will come <laughs> if you build, if you brew it, they will come as long as it's good. But you just optimize that logistics, um, and I think that's what Keg Tracker does for the smaller guy. Today's guest is Keith McClintock from Keg Tracker. And Keg Tracker's motto is to provide brewers with the data to make better decisions. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Beer World. Keith McClintock, welcome to the show. Hi, Holger. How are you? I've literally just moved away from Johannesburg now, uh, moved to the Eastern Cape. Yeah, I just got some Joburg fatigue. Uh, so we, we, we made the trek uh, about two months ago. Okay. Now you got zoom uh, fatigue. No airline fatigue. I must admit, I, I have spent a fair amount of time in the, in the air since I moved down here, uh, back to Joburg, to Cape town, back to Joburg, back home. Uh, but it's, uh, the lifestyle is fantastic down here. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, in Quebecha. Oh, in Quebecha. I only, I, I only call it Quebecha because it really peeves off uh, everybody who actually lives in PE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was just talking to uh, Neil Cook. Yeah, yeah. He's just down the road from us. He actually uses our product. Oh, um, does he? Yeah, okay. he's, he's an absolute legend. He makes some really, really good beer. He is a legend. He's, and I said to him I, in the podcast, you know, he's one of those guys, he looks like he doesn't really try hard and he just nails it and everybody else is trying so hard and they're just not getting it um he's he's a really 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 good brewer um but i think like he's also created granted lockdown changed the way there's a bit of a cult following here uh, around craft brewing and home brewing um and he he really empowers that which is really rad like he 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 hosts all the meets he creates evenings and dinners around like the craft beers, the guys that are brewing in buckets at home. Um, you can go and buy wort from him. He supplies yeast to the guys. Like that, and it's a bit of a an angle that's spun out of uh, necessity during lockdown. Um, but like when I was with him when he won a, a gold for his two-rand man mm. uh, in Cape Town, and uh, on all the social media groups and WhatsApp groups and all that kind of stuff that he's added to me or added me to since I've been here in PE, uh, you know, it's the, the, the amount of praise and the, the, there's, there's real there's a real com- com- camaraderie that 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 exists down yeah. here around, around beer, um, which is which is rad. But what I do is really I I try and curate a, a beer community. I mean, there's lots of beer communities. Um, so there's a lot of brewing communities. Mine is a little bit different in that I'm not a brewer, but I like mm-hmm. beer people. So I know I like the guy that imports beer. I like the guy that sells beer. I like the guy that retails beer. So it's it's kind of that, and I guess you're part of it if you like beer. So, yeah, I, I, I would fit into the category similar to you. I'm, I'm not a brewer. I don't think I will ever own a brewery. Um, when I say I'm not a brewer, I do, I ha- have brewed myself. Um, I, I home brewed for, well, for the last eight years, nine okay. years. I'd rather 
drink great craft beer that's well made than something than something that I've, that I've you know hacked together in a bucket. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of where I stand on on actual brewing. But I, I love the community. I'm super super passionate about craft and like the the, the smaller guys in in South Africa. So that's where it all kind of spun out of. So um, I. I studied in Natal, I studied television form, got into the TV industry, traveled all over the world. Beer has always been a thing. So you, you say you worked at Bavaria. My dad used to drink Olsen's. And then, um, you know, so like, I just, I remember all of, I remember all of that kind of stuff. And my dad is a, is a, is a beer guy, you know, he built the prospect and SAB brewery. Um, Not, not in terms of, the the brewing equipment but the the civils like mm. those big silos and the, you know the floors and all of that kind of stuff he he worked for he's a civil engineer um so like beer has always been a big big part of everything you know yeah. it's, it's, it's where all the great ideas come from right um and that's how we ended up with the keg tracker product okay. um after tv i got frustrated with that and started a, a Dev House, a development company, and we built lots and lots of different. We started with good old websites, and then we started building bigger websites and platforms, and then it started with integration into payment gateways and virtual currencies, and it just gets. It's a rabbit hole that just keeps going, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but myself and my business partner Brett, when we started Big Brave fourteen years ago. Um, so that's the dev arm, Big Brave. Uh, you know, TV always pulled us back. We were both from TV. So now there's Brave Channels, and that runs a whole uh, arm of back-end infrastructure for the television industry. Um, we support big international productions like Survivor. You know, we move content around. We're the entire post-production platform. For for some really big productions um, that that you that you'd watch, you know, uh, The Bachelor, all, all of the big the big the big ones, you know. Mm-hmm. So we do that in channels, and then I run Brave Tech, and our Brave Tech was kind of originally born out of the, the passion for beer. Um, so when we started, we were sitting in our office in Bryanston. We we hired this office that had no carpets, no ceilings. We had two little red Ottomans from Mr. Price that we were sitting on <laughs> our laptops, and we had a, a, a Neotel fiber connection that we'd paid through our nostrils for, and a six-pack of beer. And at the end of every week, we would have enough money. If we'd made enough money during the week, we would go and buy some beer. And then we hired some people, and then you know it got to we needed to buy a case of beer at the end of every week, and beer o'clock became a big thing. So we actually own beeroclock.coz. You must go and have a look at it. It's really cool. Um, it's a countdown timer. You can. It's a free platform. You can go and set in the time, and it literally is a countdown to the most important time of the day. <laughs> um, so and then we, we, after having a case, was you know that started getting not enough. Uh, I said to Brett, I'd really like to have a tap in the office. So he's like, that is a great idea, but. Brett doesn't need very much convincing on any any ideas around here. He's he's always gung ho for anything. So we we bought a kegerator, and I'll I'll never forget it because 
I, I know the industry has mixed feelings about um, the tap room and and Liam and Dylan, but uh, Liam came in some overalls and some safety boots, and he, <laughs> he installed the kegerator in our in our office uh, in Bryston, and and he was looking at the stuff that we were building while he was doing this beer thing, and he was like, "What do you guys actually do?" And we told him, and he's like, "Well, I I'd really like you to build me a flow meter thing." And so we mucked around with flow meters for a little bit uh, because, you know, the most frustrating about a tap and a keg, especially if you don't have a stockpile of kegs, is that you always run out of it when you are using it. Uh, and it's not easy to get another one very quickly. So we built a platform that could measure how much beer was in the keg and how much beer was getting taken out of the keg. And then we... As because we're developers, you know, it got ridiculous where it was tracking who was drinking it, <laughs> when they were drinking it. Then it was like we put a solenoid on the line. You could open and close the line with a RFID card. And then it was like you could only open it after certain hours. Or if, if, if one of the directors had opened the tap, then it was like the tap was open and it was open for certain windows of time. And we basically gamified it, which is not the best thing to do, you know, with alcohol you shouldn't gamify alcohol <laughs> but i mean we were just it was we were just messing around with, with the stuff in the office then beer o'clock became a big uh marketing thing for us uh not around specifically beer but like the platforms that we were developing for you know the big big boys in santon and it, it used to be this big thing like let's go to big brave and go and have beer o'clock and on a friday it was it was just it was ridiculous i mean and then we got onto Brett. Brett does a couple. Or used to do a couple of podcasts on the Gareth Cliff uh, platform, and uh, we had a radio. We had a, a, an audio booth at the office where, like, we were doing we'd do sh uh, podcast shows and things like that. And it was always there was always beer on tap at Big Brave. Um, and then we tried to commercialize the flow meter thing, and realized very quickly that the market is split into two very big seg segments or a very small segment and a very big segment. There's the megas and then there's the craft. Um, and the megas, the model that they've used, the model that SAB and ABM Bev and Heineken and all of them use is, is quite, um, it's, I think you could say it's broken the industry. I think it might've broken the industry in that the, the brewery pays for everything. Mm. The outlet pays for nothing. Um, so for the little guy who needs to put a tap in there or whatever, like he's, his barrier to entry is massive. Mm. You know, there's glassware, there's promotional stuff, there's the beer, there's the, and the outlet can close overnight and then suddenly your stuff is owned by the sheriff behind a locked door. Mm. So we, we battled to break into that market purely because if we were a little startup business, you know, in the beer side, um, we weren't throwing massive amounts of capital at the, at the problem. Um, we went down building hardware. We went down, you know, we, we did spend a fair chunk of change on it uh, and then realized that this was a bit of a mugs game unless you could get the buy-in of SAB or, you know, Heineken. Um, and that barrier is also, everybody knows someone at SAB, but it's never the right person. Mm. Um, the person that you do find that is the right person, their lifespan is 
very short in that position because of corporate moving up and down and changing. And everybody's trying to solve this problem. So there's a lot of noise in that space. So I tried to start selling it to the the, the smaller guys. And this, then we also realized as we learned, because we, we, we were also new to this beer industry. I mean, this is probably six years ago. We, we realized pretty quickly that uh, waste is not something the brewer cares about. Mm. It, they care about quality on the line, cleaning of the line, those kind of things. But, and, you know, if an outlet pours 30 liters of beer down the drain or, or 30 liters of beer gets stolen, that doesn't matter because he's making money on that 30 liters of mm. beer. He gets to supply another 30 liters. The outlet cares about the theft and the mark, you know, whether it's perfect pour of a draft. Mm. Um, and there's an instant feedback loop. Um, if I'm sitting at a restaurant and I get a warm beer, I'm going to be like, the beer's warm. Please uh, give me another one. I don't need to know that the, the system doesn't need to tell me that. Mm. The human tells me that. You know, if the beer is bad, the human tells me. So I sat actually with, with Don and, and Mark at uh, Agar, and, and I said, well, what is your, what is your biggest, what is your, actually your problem? And they were like, well, we, we don't know how much stuff we have. And I was like, and we realized that kegs are the second biggest capital outlay that these breweries have to make. Mm. Um, and to scale, you just have to keep buying kegs. You don't know where they are. A lot of breweries on a smaller scale are managing their kegs on the side of their cold room and, and you know, writing it like or a whiteboard. Mm. Who's updating that? Who's keeping control of that? Uh, and, and the really sophisticated guys were doing, you know, maybe an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheet. Um, so we tried to solve that problem. Uh, we built a platform. It evolved into an application. And it's just slowly kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but because we're passionate about craft and the way it works is it's not software designed specifically for you as, as like brewery A. If brewery B or C wants a specific report or a specific feature, if enough people ask for it, it gets dev'd for the community. Mm. So everybody gets the value of that. What you do with that report and whether you even action on that report is entirely up to you. Um, and it's become a platform that manages not only kegs, but it manages brands, stock levels, warehouses, um, clients, uh, you know, client ratings, whether or not clients are turning kegs. Because to make a little small brewery profitable, it's not about how many assets you have. It's about making that one specific asset profitable. Mm. We've got some guys on the pl platform, small, small breweries, but they're turning their kegs, you know, two or three times a month. So those kegs are incredibly profitable in comparison to a bigger brewery that may have, you know, three, 4,000 kegs, but are only turning their kegs once every month or yeah. once, some, once every two months. It's more a business tool um, that's being put together for, for specifically craft brewers. It's not a brewing tool, although we manage brat batches and you know uh expiry dates um but that's all important around like what is out there you know if, if there is a problem don't recall all of your lager just recall the three kegs that have that specific batch in so it helps optimize the logistics around keg movements and things like that um 
it's also not a stock standard asset tracking tool because of the way we bill. If you've got 3,000 assets, you don't get billed for 3,000 assets. We want you to have as many touch points as possible, mm. many assets on the system as possible, um, but we only bill per full. So, you know, it, it changes the game. So a small brewer who's maybe brewing once every two months and curating a specific brand or something like that, it still gives him the ability to to track, manage stock levels, manage clients, you know, keep on top of his business mm. um, and and try hopefully make him profitable and help him grow. It, it's not it's not a grudge. Well, we try and not make it a grudge purchase, <laughs> you know, because like our, our tool is only valuable when you suddenly lose a keg or it suddenly comes back. Yeah. Um, we, so that's kind of how it's evolved and where it's come from. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, but we're just super passionate about the beer industry yeah. uh, and specifically craft and making it bigger and better. Um, and it, it's grown kind of with word of mouth. And how many clients have you got? Um, we're up to just over 20 breweries now. Okay. Um, but we do have, there's two international, three international guys uh, um, that have found the product just via the web. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's software as a service. So, so the only all, thing you need is an app a, or something. It's an app and a web platform. Wonderful. So you, you literally load and, and there's no limit to number of users and, you know, there's different tiers of users, so you can have a warehouse, a warehouse uh, user and a and a client user, um, kind of thing. So they can't see, they can't load clients, they can't get that kind of stuff wrong, but they can still fill, dispatch, receive, you know, transfer between warehouses, all of that kind of thing. Um, there's reports for days, uh, and I think we're we're now tracking more than, uh, I think our last count was about eleven thousand. Um, assets um, across the platform. So I mean, it's it's not it's not massive at any scale, but it but it is massive in terms of the craft mm. the craft market, uh, specifically in South Africa. Um, and I like the speed at which it's it's growing. Uh, you know, we we've now integrated with a lot of other streams. So in other words, the guys that do the wraps, the beer wraps, and things like that. So now we do, um, you know, beer wraps like so. So it all works on a QR code. Uh, guys wrap their kegs. We do the branding. We do all the design for them. You know, they've just got to pay the printer to, to print the wraps and stick it on the kegs. Um, so what, is the, what is the interface? A QR code or is it a... So it works on a QR code. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, certain kegs like the uh, the Demotech and things like mm. that, they've got a, a micro dot um etched laser etched um, barcode on there um, we can use that um, but it's it is a specific unique number to that specific keg mm. it just counts up there's no there's no duplicates within the system so you wouldn't have a brewery in cape town having the same number as a brewery in in joburg mm. so if if that keg does go down to cape town and they find it We've had that before. A guy can scan it and it'll say, "Look, this this is this is this keg is owned by RH, uh, you know, Richmond Hill Brewing Company," mm. um, and they can they can get a hold of Neil. Or often we'll get a call and say, "Hey, we found a keg." Um, we had uh, Mad Giant Evan, for example. Uh, some of his kegs uh, ended up on Facebook Marketplace. He went, paid the guy the deposit for the kegs, um, scanned the 
the keg tracker code on the on the thing and and found exactly which outlet they'd been dispatched to and where they where they'd been uh, taken from. Wow. So you know it it's we've we've seen it help guys in different ways. Um, we've got some guys that are not at their brewery uh, every day of the week. They they brew say on a Tuesday and then they're there on a Friday, um, and the rest of the time it's run by uh, warehouse staff. Or, you know, brewery staff, but they've trained those guys up on Keg Tracker, and they basically have a remote, a virtual brewery. They can see kegs moving in and out. They can mm. see things going to the bottling line or the canning line. Uh, they can they can track the volumes that are that are going through those specific lines, um, and, and you know, work out exactly what their wastage is and and things like that. So we've seen the system get used for different things. Um, you know, brewers are pretty resourceful people. So we've given them this tool um, and there's not really a limit or a specific way that you need to use it. Uh, so it's it's really rad to see how, how some guys uh, are using the tool. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Wow. Um, mm. And what, so can you talk a little bit about like an, a specific example then? So mm -hmm. if if I if I get an order for a keg or I mean how how does Eben know which customers got those kegs had those kegs? So the the platform manages your customers. So you'd load all your customers onto the platform, okay, or your distributors, uh, and then that keg gets filled. So the platform knows that it has you know, a mad giant uh, lager in it, mm. okay, uh, and. And then when a customer orders a you know a keg, that keg gets scanned out to that specific customer. Okay. So it gets dispatched to that customer. Everything is timed stamped down to the to the second. Mm. So and and then user tracked. So Mbali at Mad Giant, who's their stock controller, she dispatches it to customer X. That that keg is basically stamped in the system as being dispatched to that customer on the state. There's a delivery note that gets generated. Uh, you can print that delivery note out. You can get them to sign it old school way. Mm. You know, we've also got integrations with uh, platforms like ServiceMate, which is a, a job card tool. Um, some of our customers use that where the keg number and brand and volume gets added into the job card. So when your driver gets there, he knows that this specific keg with this specific number on needs to go to that specific client. It's signed for on the app. Um, you know, you get delivery notifications. So that's now integrated with Zero, which is an accounting mm. platform. Um, so the integrations have slowly happened. Mm. Um, but uh, I mean, if if in the way we used to do it, we used to say, okay, I need 50 kegs of Vera mm -hmm. Lager on the truck. We put mm -hmm. 50 kegs on and they just go and deliver. So now you've got to allocate each one of the kegs or, do, or could you scan it when you offload it? You can scan it when you offload it. Um, you know, like as the guy gets there, he can drop the keg, scan it. He can geo-pin the keg, puts a coordinate onto mm -hmm. that keg so we know that it's at that specific client. It was delivered by driver A at this time on this date. The batch number was this. Mm -hmm. The expiry date is this it automatically starts counting then on giving that client a rating on how quickly they will return that mm -hmm. keg. Um, you know, so like that's, that all builds into like a rolling window and <laughs> it, 
Yeah. <laughs> this, this can go anywhere. We could even uh, get then the consumer to rate the beers in terms of quality and then you know which keg it is. <laughs> you know exactly what keg it is. We have issue kegs that come back. So if a keg comes back with an issue, it can go into an issue pile. It can't be filled until that issue is dealt with. You know, a broken seal, damaged spear, bad batch. It needs to go through a special cleaning cycle. Um, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, it's got keg birthdays. So, we, we, you know, we know exactly which kegs have been filled how many times with what exactly volume, what volume each keg has done. So, we, you know, when that keg gets to 100 fills, it can now automatically go into a service pile. Uh, and all of that is available on the platform. Mm. Um, no wonder the brewers love you so much. I don't know. I think I'm a bit of a pain sometimes. <laughs> you know, like I, I really, we've tried to build it as as frictionless as possible. Um, but you know, sometimes changing the the way something is done, that um, comes with a, a fair amount of headache points, um, especially if it's if it's not initiated correctly right from the get-go yeah. the buy-in hasn't been 100 percent across everybody in the organization right from the get-go um, we've often seen it where one person really wants the change and really wants the the the, the product um, and then some guys are like no nah, we'll just keep doing it the old way and you know it it really we can only report on the information that we are gathering and if only one if there's only one touch point uh, and the information is not correct, it, it does break that whole data loop, mm. which is uh, kind of what what yeah. is important to us. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly show you something. So like we've had some breweries that have been on the platform and have been using it, and then eventually just go, okay, wait, we actually, now that we've got everybody up to speed and everybody's, everybody's uh worked out how it works, uh, we, we really do need to start again. And then we wipe, wipe them clean. Mm. Their numbers are all still the same. And then they onboard again and they, they fill again and they put them in the right warehouses and then it becomes part of the KPI or the mandate of the staff. Mm. You know, like if you didn't scan the stuff, you know, that is a, that's a warning. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they've, they've, uh, mandated a specific human in the organization to do it so you know that helps that helps a lot so where you you've got a a specific person that that is in charge of keg tracker and and it works really well um when when you do it that way we've also now partnered with a company called catch an australian company so that is real-time asset tracking and device management so they've got uh, about 100,000 assets currently on their platform, um, specifically kegs. Um, they, they're, the guy, they're a breakaway from Kegstar. I don't know if you know Kegstar. So Kegstar is, is a, um, a keg as a service. So you as a brewery do not own the keg. Uh, and all the logistics, or all the reverse logistics um, and keg cleaning and things like that. It's basically you lease your kegs. You don't you don't have to worry about it. Um, but they've got a tracking system. Um, so they're a breakaway from uh, Keg Star that was bought by Chep. Chep are the pallet guys. Yeah. I was um, going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. So so 
once we built this platform, everybody's like, oh, but what about tracking this? And what about tracking this? And I think our next target is probably going to be the, the gas, the gas guys, specifically around the gas that is used in our industry. So CO2, uh, you know, Shermix 60, Shermix 90, all of those kind of things. Um, again, we've got some brewers who do track those kind of assets. They also track their mini ladies and their, you know, their, their tap installations. They're not getting charged on a on a monthly, uh, you know, bill because they're not filling those assets. But they know where, which client has them, how long they've had them for, you know, who it was dispatched to, who who signed for it. Um, and that's that's great value. Um, so it's it's all just added value, uh, and it's it it definitely is a game of scale. So it, you know it it works on economies of scale. It's a very very cheap product if you only have one keg, um, but if you've got you know, ten thousand kegs, uh, you know it starts making a bit of money. Um, and we only make money if you're making money. So, you know, we are incentivized to help you to make money as fast as possible and, and move as many assets as possible. Why why wouldn't this work with the bigger brewers? Um, it's the way that the platform is kind of being scaled. So that's where our catch product uh, comes in. Um, it's a lot more automated. Uh, there's a lot less human touch points um, and it only works on scale. Because then the installation cost, um, the the asset, the actual tracking asset cost, and things like that, it it's amortized over a lot more assets. So we did the exercise at one of our one of our bigger breweries, but but small in terms of breweries. Um, and you know, if, even if you want to do a, you know, just good old RFID, uh, the number of gateways that you need and you know, then you, you're only going to put it at your busy your busy outlets to so say your your own tap room and then two gateways at the brewery and maybe one at the filling station. You're looking at a hundred to two hundred thousand rand just in hardware outlay before you've bought the tags that you now need to put onto the the assets. Those tags on also need to be rated for you know at least ninety degrees Celsius because of the way the kegs are cleaned. Um, you know, they need to be able to deal with caustic, all of those kind of things. Whereas our product is an app. We've IOT'd the human with the app. You, you incentivize that human to tag that keg at as many touch points as possible uh, at the price of a, a vinyl sticker that you attach to the side of the keg. Um, but, I mean, we, we learned with, with guys, uh, our our first iteration of it was uh, aluminium acetate tags, uh, acetone welded to the keg. Um, and after one week, all of them just kept falling off. And when we investigated, it was because you can't put those on a cold keg because the acetone evaporates too quickly and then you don't get a bond <laughs> of the epoxy. So like now all of this effort that we'd gone to, you know, <laughs> attaching them to a hundred kegs or so as the trial, now suddenly we've got a, a brewery floor covered in acid tags. Um, so then I was like, oh, okay, so the keg has to be warm. Okay, cool. So now, now you change when you put, when you apply the tag. Okay, cool. And then it's quite messy, you know, epoxy melts in the acetone and then you get epoxy everywhere. And then the keg has to be cleaned with, with, with the acetone. And then it's like, okay, cool. Well, let's, what's the next iteration? Okay, we're going to go to this. And that, 
we started with 2D dumb barcodes and we got to, you know, the 3D barcode, which is the QR code, which has a little bit more information in it. Um, but then we had some clients that had the, the 2D stuff and some, so then we had to build the application to be able to read both mm. types. Mm. Then the microdot came in and I was like, okay, now we need the engine to be able to read microdots as well as all of those things and be able to distinguish <laughs> between the different types of tags that we've got. Then, then guys started stacking kegs and palletizing kegs. And it was like, okay, now we can't see which keg, you can't get to these numbers because we've stuck them by the coupler. So now we need to stick them on the side of the thing and in the same spot so we know where to look for the mm. for the, the QR code. Then I was like, wait a minute, why don't we just wrap the whole keg in a, a couple of QR codes? So it doesn't matter where it is. You can also now automate the line. So if it comes past on a conveyor belt, you can have a couple of scanners that will pick up that, that code. So... It, it has evolved over the last, you know, six, seven years of, of product. Um, and it's, it's been an epic journey, full mm. of beer, which full, is great. Full of beer. And, uh, and lots of savings for the brewer, I guess. We like to think so. Mm. Um, I think a lot of guys see, see the value in the system um, only when they suddenly get a keg back that they thought was gone. Mm. Um, or, or just being able to turn clients or, or to actually fire clients mm. that are, that are not good. Um, you know, sometimes flogging that dead, dead horses is, is not the way to go. Rather go and find a client that's going to turn and move, move kegs faster, you know, make, make a smaller fleet more profitable. I think that is, that is the key. Um, if you optimize the logistics around it, beer is a logistics game. Mm. Uh, everybody thinks it's a brewery, it's a brewing game. It's not. You've got to have good beer, but if you can really optimize the logistics around it, you can make it profitable. Um, and we've seen that with with a lot of the, the breweries that we that we you know talk to and 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 speak to. Um, I I always laugh. Uh, there's a, there's a great book uh, how to how to how to build a brewery, the Lagunita story. Uh, if if you haven't read it or listened to it, do yourself a favor. Um, it, it's fantastic. Uh, and it it really is the story of like everybody gets into brewing and, and uh, building a brewery because they're passionate about beer mm. and they love beer and they're going to go and make their favorite thing for, and they're going to turn it into a job. And then they suddenly realize that that's like the smallest part of actually running a brewery. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the staff, there's the you know, the logistics um, and and after what's happened on our planet in the last couple of years, a lot of guys are, are realizing that there's a lot of money in doing their own logistics and potentially going that, you know, American, California kind of model where you only service your, your suburb and maybe five or six neighboring suburbs to you. Mm. And you're more profitable than trying to be the SAB. Yeah. Or trying to be, you know, you know, just service your tap room really well with really good product, um, and people people will come yeah. if you build, if you brew it, they will come, um, and as long as it's good, but you just optimize that logistics, um, and I think that's what Keg Tracker does for the smaller guy. Wonderful, and I think uh, if uh, your local is probably a good example of that. Richmond Hill. Most, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, but I, I also, 
uh, we were down at the Brewers Power. It was our first uh, attempt at exhibiting, uh, just to to create awareness more than anything else. Um, and it was it was really encouraging to see the camaraderie within uh, the industry. Um, it's it's fantastic. Everybody celebrates everybody else's success, which is not something you see in in a lot of industries. Um, which is which is super super cool, um, and and people people like to share. Like, how did you do that? What did you do here? How, because everybody's going to put their own little spin on it, um, you know. And it's also nice to be around people that that don't just want to drink cough a lot, you know. But at the same token, I'm 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 in awe of what. Castle Light is and you know how it's I think it's great I come from media I love I love how the the marketing of something can just completely create this unbelievable following where it becomes 70% of of the biggest brewery in the in the world you know product line (laughs) just because of a you know make it cold <laughs> it blows my brain apart yeah. um and and that's that that's that's what i like to try and encourage like the craft guys i'm like everybody wants to do you know the pumpkin ale um but but not everybody wants to drink the pumpkin ale so you're not going to be profitable <laughs> on just brewing pumpkin ale some guys really want to be like really really craft these weird and wonderfuls but then you've got to create the right marketing and the right story around these weird and wonderful amazingnesses. But you also have to just keep making that vanilla that people want to drink that session, that session beer that, that is easy that anybody, even non-craft people will, will sit down and enjoy. Um, and that that's rad. We've gone off on a tangent of beer now, but, I suppose that's what happens. I really think you really understand and embrace that community will make the big difference for you. Um, and obviously, you're not. It doesn't sound like you really have to do this. You want to do it. Yeah, yeah it's not our only product. Yeah, uh, it's it. Cake Tracker. It does. It does. I mean, it, we wouldn't do it if it was a complete loss leader. Um, it does make money, but it's it's definitely not the thing that pays the rent. Mm. Uh, maybe one day it'll be, it will be, but it's, it's, it's a, we are super passionate about it. And I think if you're passionate about anything, um, it will eventually be a success. It's hard to, it's hard to defeat the man who never gives up, right? <laughs> um, where can people find out more about this? I'm sure you've got a website and it. Yeah. So it's kicktracker.co.za. Okay. Um, and if they don't remember that, they just go to beerclock.co.za. Beerclock.co.za. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.